Mr. Greg, how are you? Um, Good to see you. Doing well, Mr. Andy. Mr. Greg and Mr. Andy here today, hey. recapping the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Had a good weekend this weekend. Thanksgiving. Good time with everybody. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? I did. Good. Ate too much. No. Yep. Like no. everybody else. Come on now. Had a good time. Well, How good. About you? Yeah, man. We had a great Thanksgiving. We got out of town uh, for a couple of days. Pretty much all good. of our families over on over towards the Raleigh area. Mm -hmm. So got away for a couple of days, but made it back in time for Sunday church. Yep. And so... Had a good weekend, baptized, I think, nine people over yep. the weekend. Yep. Great time. It That's really was. was. Uh, so. I think we ended up with four, maybe five uh, people saying yes to Christ Isn't this awesome? weekend as well. Yep. So, we love that. Um, that's, uh, uh, that's, that's becoming a weekly thing uh, here that. That, that God's drawing people to Himself. And that's uh, uh, always a time for us to celebrate as well. And man, had a great time concluding up this series, mm -hmm. uh, The Fall. And I, yep. I tell you, I, I was thinking about it this morning as uh, we were coming in getting ready to do today. This has been one of those series, man, that just feels like every single week, man, there has been really practical steps for people to walk away with and to take as we have discovered, you know, what took place there in Genesis 3 and how that affects us today. And man, what, what do we need to do with that? How do we, how do we, you know, how do we walk this out uh, that God's calling us to walk out a life that honors Him? So, uh, man, really great job. Uh, and every single week, I, I think we've said that, but man, just every single week, really giving us very practical steps that we need to take into helping to honor God with our lives. We certainly want that. We don't want to just come and say, hey, that was a good message, yeah. felt good, and not have a takeaway that I can go and apply. We struggle with that. We really oh, do. Oh, Some absolutely. messages uh, lend themselves to that, but we talk about it, you and I, a lot. Mm -hmm. We'll come out of a session talking about the messages and uh, say, what do we do with this? Right. So what's the action step? So we try, and I'm, I'm glad that worked out. Yeah. There's a whole lot uh, to be said. There's a lot in the subject of the fall that we didn't cover. Right. You know, we're kind of here on Christmas and we're starting Christmas. I think this series could have gone on a couple more weeks, but uh, right. we really need to get started with the Christmas thing. <laughs> so maybe we come back, come back and revisit sometime. That'd be good because you're right. There is certainly a lot of material There's still there more, to, uh, yeah, left to cover. A lot more. Um, but as we kind of really, we were really diving into Adam and Eve and mm -hmm. kind of the uh, the effects of uh, the disobedience to God there, and really, it really, really took a strong look at what sin does to us and uh, it does. Uh, how it how it separates us from God. And one of the things that you that you mentioned uh, talking about, um, which is something I think you've said just about every week as well, but it, man, it bears repeating into it, is that um, we don't find ourselves in, in you know being tempted by sin because because it's bad or because it's ugly or because it's disgusting, but we get involved in sin because it's fun, because it's enjoyable for a season, but. You you made, a, you made a statement, and I've heard you say it before, um, but man, I, I really hope that people uh, grab a hold of this because it's, it's, it's been something to me as well. You said, you know, when you become a Christian, you don't, you just can't enjoy, you know, sin's still fun, but you just can't enjoy it uh, anymore. How did you, how exactly did you say it? I know I just butchered the quote. I, people ask, uh, can a Christian sin? And yep. uh, the response, I didn't make this up, I heard it years ago. I was going to give you credit was, for it. Well, thank you. <laughs> the response was, yes, a Christian can sin. He just can't enjoy it right. anymore. Right. And you really, as a Christian in a relationship with God, when you fail, when you sin, you feel that, man, I missed it, man. Right. I shouldn't have done that. And you, you get a feeling of shame and mm -hmm. you just can't have fun doing it consistently. Yeah. You know. And I, and I think that's something for us to to really hold on to as we're walking this thing out here in this in this last week is is that 
sin is sin is there. The temptation to sin is there, and there are going to be moments. There are going to be times where we fall into that, you know, daily, <laughs> whatever whatever that looks like for us. But it's this recognition of of God living inside of us and the Holy Spirit speaking to us that hey. That's not who you are anymore. Uh, you know, when you surrender your life to Christ, man, that that sin, that's not a part of you anymore. That's not, I've called you to something higher and something mm-hmm. better. So you're right. Yeah. You don't. You can't enjoy it anymore because there is that. You you, you feel the weight of it. You really do. I think um, we have an idea about sin in the culture today. People hear the word sin outside of the church and think we just like to go around slapping a label of sin on everything. That's a sin. Is this a sin? People ask me that often as a pastor. Is it a sin to do this, yep. you know? And uh, I think that's a very, uh, it's a very common question. It's a question that's really a, a 101 in Christianity because when you really get to know who Jesus is, you're not asking the question, is it a sin? You're asking, what can I do to draw closer to Jesus, right. you know? Right. But sin is just, it's not just a, a bunch of rules that a church made up and, and it's certainly not a tool for bludgeoning the culture and yeah. the world. Sin is just so destructive. Uh, it is so destructive to us as human beings. Mm-hmm. We were created by God to live in certain ways. And His laws define for us how we were meant to live and function as human beings. Right. And when we go outside of that, it's destructive. Yeah. Years ago, I was... Uh, I was uh, trying to take a screw out of a cabinet I was trying to fix, and I didn't have a screwdriver, right? So I made the classic mistake of trying to use a pocket knife for a screwdriver. Yep. And it closed on me and cut my finger to the bone, you know? And I thought, when you try to take a tool and use it for something it wasn't meant to do, Mm. uh, you can really hurt yourself and tear up the tool at the same time, you know? And sin is that. Sin is us trying to function as human beings outside of the parameters which we were given, wow. which we were created to function yeah. in. And it just it brings destruction. Yeah. I don't say that as an observer. No. I say that as a participant. Right. I say that as a Christian who has sinned and seen how much it hurts. Well, I think you even mentioned that uh, yesterday, and, that, and I'll be honest with you, this is one of the things I love about, about your teaching is that it doesn't allow us to look at things like sin from an outsider perspective of being like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go after that. Let's go after the, the people who really, are, who really are bad, who are really struggling. But you even made the comment uh, Sunday from the platform of, you know, we're not going to do that. We're going to make this thing an inward, inward perspective here. We're going to look inside of us and allow, and allow God to reveal to us what, what doesn't honor Him. And, uh, and because it is, it's not the fact that, you know, people who follow Christ are up here on this platform and those who don't, are, are that, that's not the way that it works, man. We are all struggling uh, uh, in different aspects and different ways with different sins. And uh, man, and, and all of it is this idea of how it, it, it will destroy us if it's not, if we don't allow it to be overcome by, uh, by God's strength uh, working in us and through us. The enemy knows what he's doing when he entices us to sin. Uh, a pastor that I loved for many years who's in heaven now, Dr. Adrian Rogers, I heard him say this. He said, the devil will kick you in the shins and blame you for limping. (laughs) And that is so true. The devil will entice you into something. And as soon as you fall for it, he'll start kicking you about it. And it becomes, we mentioned yesterday, one of the, the, the first effect we see of Adam and Eve is they were ashamed. Right. For the first time, shame came upon the human race. And um, 
the enemy will entice us to sin, he'll follow that up with a big dose of shame mm-hmm. for what we did. Mm-hmm. Then he'll place us in hiding. Right. He'll cause us to take our shame and do. we'll do one of two things with it, and, and a lot of times both. We'll do what Adam and Eve did. First thing they did was hide. The second thing they did was start to shift blame to other people. Right. And that's what that's the destructive power of sin. He he gets us ashamed, and we think, I got to hide this shame and put it where nobody can see it. Mm-hmm. Or an alternative, I got to take this shame and put it on somebody else so it's not mine anymore. Yep. And and that's just so destructive to us. When we start hiding, man, when we start hiding stuff, that stuff starts eating away at us, and it doesn't get cleared out. It doesn't get cleaned. It's like that turkey that you left in the fridge that just keeps getting more rotten yep. until you're willing to drag it out and throw it away, you know. And the blame game is another. It's just a hopeless journey. When you when you hide sin, there's not a lot of hope because you're not going to deal with it when it's right. hidden. When you blame other people, there's no hope because you can't get help until you accept your responsibility in the situation. I think that we... We get into this place of where we feel that shame and we put it into hiding, and that's and, and part of that is because we feel like we're the only ones. Um, we buy into this lie that the enemy tells us that, hey, uh, you did this, and if anybody ever finds out, uh, you're going to be you're going to be even more isolated than you are right now. So you better hide it so that nobody nobody will figure out that you're you know this this dirty little person or anything like that. And we've got to be able to overcome that by finding people that we can be honest with, that we can be real with, and that we can confess things to. One of our values here is authentic relationships, where we've got those people in our lives to be able to have those really honest conversations with. And I find that for, um, man, for just a lot of believers out there, we are missing that kind of relationship in our lives. Somebody said once, I heard it years ago, that you ought to have somebody in your life that knows everything about you. Mm And I think that's true. I don't think that needs to be 10 people or maybe <laughs> right. not even five people. Not your, not your people that follow you on social media. <laughs> but at least one. Yeah. I think it was Thoreau who said that most men live quiet lives of desperation, hmm. that they're desperately struggle with something, struggling with something, and no one else knows about it. It's quiet. It's inside of them. So I think one of the keys for us is to have someone we can talk to. I'd like to say also, as a pastor... Um, I don't do a lot of counseling at all anymore. Right. A very limited amount of any type of counseling that I'm able to do. But I've done it for years as pastoral counseling. Mm-hmm. And I've had so, so many people in about 30 years of ministry come and tell me their deepest, darkest secret. Some of them who've been holding on to it for years. Right. And they come to my office scared, fearful, trembling, crying, all of that stuff. And they tell me this thing that is so deep and so dark and so bad to them when it gets out in the room a lot of times i'm like you know i've heard that this week already from somebody else it's not as uncommon as they typically think Mm -hmm. and they come in saying to me you're just never going to think the same way about me again and i'm like hey i had no illusions you were perfect in the first place (laughs) you know right and here's another thing that happens people will tell me this deep dark secret something they really struggle with and maybe years later, they'll bring up, you remember this, and many times I've completely forgotten about right. what it even is. I don't put that label on them for the rest of their lives. I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that now, but I haven't thought of it and wouldn't unless you brought it up again. You know, so 
laying out that big, deep, dark secret is, is not as scary oftentimes as we make it out to be. Exactly. And it's extremely liberating. Right, you yeah. Know, I had conversations just yesterday with people saying, hey, that is so true. When I finally uh, exposed that deep, dark thing I was scared of, I was so free, mm. you know. I think there needs to be caution with that. Sure, you don't yeah. go to just anybody and do that, and right. you certainly don't post it on social media. Some people would go to that extreme, <laughs> but I think it's finding someone you really trust. Exactly. And uh, just being honest with them in a safe environment. I think that's great, and uh, and I hope that's a step that that people will take. If you don't have those people uh, in your life, you haven't you haven't taken that step yet. And find find one person that you can that you can be that real, that honest with. Um, and you know, if, hey, if you're, you know, I know you're watching online, but man, if you're a part of the Upward community, man, we've got connect groups. That's a great place for you to be able to find those people. Really is. That's where the life of the church really is, yeah. you know, in those groups. On the blame side of the equation, you know, when we move away from hiding and we move over into blame, I think we have to acknowledge, and and I really tried to do this this weekend. Whether I did a good job or not, I'm not sure, but. Uh, Sometimes there are people who legitimately are to blame for some hurt we have in our lives. Yeah. You know, they really are, especially if it's like an abuse situation mm -hmm. of, of a child and um, an abuse that they weren't directly responsible for yeah. in any way. That's one of the lies of the enemy, by the way, with that kind of thing. You, you're abused as a child and you say, well, it was your fault. It certainly wasn't. What I'm trying to get across in this is, yes, there are many times that other people share some or all of the blame for what's happened to us. Right. Even then, there's a certain responsibility we have to take for our own well-being mm -hmm. and our own personal growth mm -hmm. through that and eventually past that. And I think it's important for us to recognize our responsibility. I've learned over the years that taking ownership of my situation is so important. Not taking it away from God and mm -hmm. not just realizing that I have a responsibility for my own life, for my own growth, yep. for my own progress through the issues that I'm dealing with. Well, I mean, if we if we take it, you know, if we take it back to the scripture reference that we that we're using here with Adam and with Adam and Eve, you know. Uh, Adam immediately goes into, you know, <laughs> the woman you gave me. So, I mean, uh, not taking responsibility for the choice that he made in, in this to, to eat of the fruit, uh, you know, he immediately goes into the blame. And I, think, I just think that's so easy for us to do, um, is to immediately, and there are situations that you just described where the person is not at fault, but there are plenty of situations where we bear some responsibility in the decisions and the choices that were made, but it's just so easy for us to try to blame somebody else for the situation that we find ourselves in. And we do have to take responsibility for our part in whatever and wherever we're at in life. I'm not God and you're not, obviously, but I, but I look at it from the perspective of God in this situation. They did exactly what he told them not to do. Mm -hmm. The one thing he told them not to do after he gave them all this. All these yeses that are out there. And they did the one thing he said not to do, and then they turn around and blame him for sure. it. You ever been in that situation? Oh, man. You ever been in a situation? I have many times people came to me for advice, and I said, of anything you do, don't, don't do, do this, and they go right out and, and it. do it, yeah. and then come back and blame me for right. the mess. I've had that happen before. That's not a fun position to be in at all. You didn't say I told you so? 
Oh, I have many times. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. Just make sure. <laughs> People always say, I'll never say I told you so. I don't make that you promise. You never make that promise, do you? <laughs> I hope not to do that within condemnation for anybody, but uh, I've thought it more times than I said it, I'll tell you that. Well, as we are wrapping up this series, uh, putting you on the spot, as people are walking away from it, what do you, what do you hope is the, the big takeaway from the series? We usually have weekly takeaways that we want people to walk away with and take these steps. Big picture, what do you hope people walk away from uh, from this series? There is the problem of evil in the world. Mm -hmm. If And you get asked this question. If, if there is a good God and right. an all-powerful God, and there's evil in the world, then either he can't do anything about it or he doesn't care. Mm -hmm. In other words, he's either powerless or he's not really good. So people want to bring that argument against God. If God was as good and as powerful as you say, evil wouldn't exist. I think the fall, I know the fall makes the case that evil came into the world by the choice of man. Right. That God created the world good and pure and holy, but he gave his creation the ability to choose to rebel against him, mm -hmm. even back to the fall of Satan. He had a free will to be able to do contrary to what God had commanded him to do, and as did Adam and Eve, and mm -hmm. they made the wrong choices. I want this series to help people struggle through that and recognize that a lot, that the evil that we see, the death, the sickness, the division, it comes from our choices. That's not the way God intended the world to be right. initially and making us free moral agents created the, the potential for evil to come into the world. And that's a result of our choices. There you go. So I hope people get that. I hope they also just get a sense of, of what we talked about earlier, that how destructive sin is and how to avoid its traps. Yeah. And the invitation to which God invites us to, to unbroken fellowship with Him. That's good. I want them to get. That's good. That's really good. Well, well done with the series. It's been fun. Yep. It's been fun. And now we move into Christmas. Man, Christmas is here all of a sudden. Boom. Yep. Christmas music, Christmas movies, uh, Christmas decorations. Uh, all of it is here. Uh, and I love it. I'm ready. We're going to be decorating in here this week. Yep. So I'm excited to see. All right. We'll see y'all next time. It'll be Christmas. Yay.